Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hi, and welcome to episode 340 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am so glad you're here. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, your host, and I'm excited to unpack today's episode. It is an episode that is featuring a listener question that is all about inflammation. Have you been scrolling TikTok or Instagram and seen any of those either ads or from specific creators where they're talking about doing certain like stretches to help release the trauma, which then would help lower cortisol and help make a person's stomach smaller. It's so like, oh my gosh, I'm getting really like full of rage just speaking through that kind of sequence of events because breaking it down like that makes it just, again, more rageful for me. But I know when we're watching these little snippet videos that are meant to influence us and how we relate to our body, it's so much more slick and glittery, hopeful. And you all know, I think diet culture is a sneaky, sneaky thing. It's very seductive. And this is too. So this episode, um, again, a listener is asking a question about them. So I'm like, let's just let's just break it all down. Let's talk about inflammation, what you need to know, and I hope it helps you just have some more information on the things you need to know about inflammation. How does food play a part? How does trauma play a part? What can you do? What can what can you control and what you can't control? 
So before we get to this listener question, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Find Your Food Voice book. I am continuing to chug along. Um, I just put together, I looked at all the numbers because I wanted to give you a current word count. We're at 18,161 words as of me recording this. And I am really taking my time in chapter two, which what you'll find in chapter two is a lot of um, connections to finding your food voice and systems of oppression. So it's not something that needs to be taken lightly or rushed through. I am taking my time with it. So yesterday, you know, my goal every day is to get almost 900 words and I got to 777 and I was like, you know what? That's a beautiful number. We're stopping there. (laughs) Um, So I didn't make the word goal yesterday, but you know, again, I'm trying to take my time because I really want to put things like strung together in a way that helps you kind of with like a needle and thread to mend and tend to your own relationship with food. So that is the book update. If you would like to be a part of co-working sessions as I'm writing the book, I would love to see you there. You can join. It's just $5 a month and you can join at julieduffydillon.com slash book. Again, it's julieduffydillon.com slash book. I also provide updates over on TikTok. And if you're on TikTok, follow me. I want to stay connected. And my handle is foodvoicerd. All right. So we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we'll be back with this episode's listener question. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back. 
Like I mentioned, we have a listener question that we are going to sift through today. And as you listen to this listener question, if you also have a question you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, we invite you to submit a question to be considered. You can do that over at info at juliedillonrd.com. But let's go ahead and get to the question. So it says, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media lately about inflammation and cortisol being the cause of weight gain. It feels like a bunch of diet culture BS, but there is something really seductive about the idea that my weight gain is related to stress and simple trauma releasing exercises will magically quote unquote fix me. Can you help me debunk this? Again, thank you for submitting this question and Reading through it, although this was a brief question, there's a lot of really important parts to it. And first and foremost, I get from your question, uh, listener, that you have you you sense the 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 slick, um, over promising, under delivering kind of theme that we all have heard over and over and over again when it comes to anything related to fixing the body. And for many folks newer to dieting, or maybe haven't come to a place where they've become aware of like diet culture as a thing, um, really just in a place of, oh, I need to fix my body, still kind of having that kind of train of thought, maybe not introduced to things like a non-diet approach the way diets can be so um, convincing, and I always think they're very seductive, is that they have this spark of hope with the initial kind of connection, the grab of your attention. There's a spark of hope. And what I'm getting from you, um, listener, is that somewhere along the lines, there's a gut reaction. And I don't know if it's replacing the spark of hope or if it's coming before the spark of hope, or if it's coming like soon after. And honestly, for most folks that I've talked to, as I've been witnessing their kind of complicated history with food is the initial spark of hope, and then a fast trap into like the diet trap cycle, that starts to slowly change over time and heighten awareness about like the evils of diet culture, how they um, don't work for most people, including yourself, that kind of spark of hope quickly starts to have this kind of co-occurring feeling, gut reaction of, oh shit, it's at it again. And when you are starting to connect with that, and this is kind of outside of your question, (laughs) it's just is as a clinician, I guess, or someone who's witnessed a lot of this Um, experience with clients is it provides me a lot of hope that you are in a place of beginning to repair your relationship with food because in the moment, your body, like your mind and body are onto it. You're onto the shitty side of diet culture. And even if the spark of hope actually is something that can follow through, um, even if it's something that can like actually 
provide what it's promising, having a, a part of your body that lets you pause and consider instead of like, I guess using current terminology, like instead of like being influenced in the moment and um, finding yourself in the, the diet trap because of the marketing hooks that kind of just sucked you in, having that gut reaction of like, is this diet culture BS is such a great pause. And I encourage you to really lean on that. And there's no harm in pausing and feed that pause. So let's get on to your question. Like, let's actually dig through what this means, like inflammation, cortisol, and, you know, can doing some like trauma work through like healing exercises. And I know exactly what this listener is talking about because, you know, I'm on TikTok, as you know, if you're not following me, I'm at Food Voice RD. And these, these exercises are, they are so gimmicky to me. And at the same time as a fellow human being, I'm like, oh, because they, they so overpromise. And um, I find some people are really, really great at marketing. And for some folks, when they promise these things, they are really good at marketing it. Like they're really trying to influence you and I that one, our body needs to be fixed, two, that something's wrong with it, and that three, this gimmick will help. And so as um, I don't know, again, like as I'm like thinking about actually inflammation, there are some core things that we all need to be on the same page about to help you decide if this is something that you want to pursue or not. And inflammation is a process that we all experience in every moment of the day. Our body is constantly going through these chemical reactions. Um, in a kind of it's a loop of oxidation and inflammation. When we breathe in air, eat food, just live our life, our body is taking in what we give it. And uh, through this process of oxidation, it basically provides this kind of rust. Um, it's a figurative rust, really, but it has a similar kind of effect. And inflammation is the 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 chemical reactions that our body goes through that help smooth over these rusty spots, these holes that may need to be filled in. And what's really interesting with a lot of this inflammation is um, our body uses a specific type of omega-3, in particular DHA, to help smooth out this inflammation. There is acute inflammation. So if you get a paper cut, those real annoying things, they can be red and warm to the touch. Inflammation is the, um, the, the way that our body like heals that cut. We also, that's acute inflammation. We also have chronic inflammation and acute inflammation is, you know, wound healing, um, urgent kind of needs that are variable and dependent on a lot of factors. Chronic inflammation is different, and chronic inflammation is the type of inflammation that I think a lot of these gimmicks are focusing on, and it's a type of inflammation that researchers have helped us to understand predict disease. So that's why, you know, like a lot of diet culture shit is based on some really good intentions, and or they make it seem to be actually. As I say that, I'm like, oh, I changed that thought. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't actually believe that, but I think they they've come to be known as good intentions to help promote health. And this chronic inflammation is in particular what it's focusing on. I have gotten to know a lot about inflammation because of my expertise with folks who live with PCOS. And um, probably about 10 years ago, I started seeing research that folks with PCOS were found to be in this kind of chronic, low-grade inflammatory state. What does that mean? Well, like because of the hormonal imbalance that someone with PCOS has, um, the body has to do more work to kind of take out the trash or to help smooth over the rust. Like there's more rust that kind of builds up if we use that kind of metaphor. And so it's more work and it builds up over time. It causes the body to be literally exhausted. And those of you with PCOS or um, other kinds of ways of experiencing insulin resistance, you may be painfully tired at times. And that is coming from that kind of chronic inflammation. Your body is trying to catch up and it has to do so much work, so much more work compared to people who don't have chronic inflammation. And um, so you're exhausted, probably need more sleep, need more rest, need more space in your day. Um, and as, as we all know, like that's not something that's really encouraged in this kind of capitalistic world that we live in. So with that being said, inflammation, when it is higher, this chronic inflammation, when it's higher, which can be measured by cortisol, it can also be measured by C-reactive protein. Also, you'll see it on a, a lab sheet as CRP. So those two labs can, when they're high, can be an indicator of this chronic inflammation. And again, researchers have um, suggested that those who have chronic inflammation or higher numbers in cortisol and CRP, that can predict disease. Disease like diabetes, cancers, heart issues, strokes. These are all things that like, we, um, as reading, when we read research, what we're finding, again, the folks who are experiencing chronic inflammation, they may also then have a higher likelihood of experiencing these other issues. So that's why it's something to even discuss. But again, it can be really weird because inflammation is not this all or nothing bad thing. It's literally required to stay alive. I know your question doesn't go into like the food side of inflammation, but I have to talk about it, talking about inflammation, because it always comes up. And so a listener, if you're like, but what if we just eat anti-inflammatory foods? Can that help this chronic inflammation if you're experiencing it? Well, what we know to be true is that all food, when we take it in, does provoke some kind of inflammation. Basically, all the food that we eat, it goes through a chemical process for our body to break it down into energy, and there's going to be leftovers that provoke this kind of chronic inflammation. It doesn't make it bad. It's just a part of living. And the gift of living longer is that we then are have a, like this higher, higher likelihood that we're going to experience disease. And as we get into kind of inflammation, something else to keep in mind is most inflammation does not come from 
the food we eat. I hope you can appreciate that. All foods do provide some level of inflammation. All of them can be, um, have been found to be, to measure higher levels of inflammation is probably the way to say it best in a research term. Um, and nutrition research is very finicky. It's so hard to control these variables. And um, so, you know, the, the nutrition research has shown a variable amount of inflammation from certain foods, but it's not an absolute. And here's why. You and I, we are not living in a Petri dish. We're not test tubes. We are actual human beings. And there may be some scientific study that shows eating more organic apples. I just pulled that example out of my butt. It's not actually like a real research study that I'm aware of, but eating more organic apples can help lower inflammation. But what we know to be true is it's not controlling for everything. And inflammation is not just provoked by the food we eat. And actually there are other factors that will influence your inflammation levels much more than food. Like food is less than 20% of our inflammation kind of levels. Most inflammation is going to happen um, from how much power you have in the world or how, how little power you have in the world probably is the better way to say it. If you experience racism, homophobia, transphobia, um, if you, let's see, I'm like, um, experience anti-fat bias, if you live in a disabled body and or any of those, um, experience one of those, more of those, an intersection of those, and any other systems of oppression that I have left out, those are the biggest contributors to inflammation. I didn't mention also, um, if you live um, with financial hardship, so you um, experience times where you don't have um, access to a safe place to live, to enough food um, with enough like history that your body can depend on consistent food intake, that's another source of inflammation. And I have a, a tweet. I remember when I was on Twitter, I'm not there anymore. Um, when I was on Twitter, I, I tweeted something that was something along the lines of, um, there's no amount of kale that can fix the inflammation from white supremacy. And that's the truth. Like we can see in research that certain foods can be helpful to um, help our body to be able to do all that inflammation. And if kale is one of them, it's just not even going to be a drop in the bucket of helping if you're experiencing racism or any other systems of oppression. And so the thing about like those trauma exercises is I am someone who has done a lot of trauma work and one of the most beneficial types of trauma work that I have done is from energy work. Um, I have spent years and years in talk therapy and I just couldn't seem to resolve some of the trauma. Like um, I still experience a lot of mood disorders, especially anxiety and lots of sleep disruption. And it wasn't until I worked with a therapist who did energy work alongside the talk therapy 
that I was able to process my trauma. Like it, if you and I could sit down and I can tell you all about some of the trauma work I did, it is so bizarre to like even name some of them, like some of the things that I was able to do. Um, And if you've done some energy work, you know what I mean by bizarre. It's just like, it'll sound so like out of this world, but the way my body actually promised the trauma doing some of this trauma work um, was, was totally like powerful. And um, the one, the trauma work in particular that I did um, is similar to EMDR that you may have heard of. Um, It's called AIT or advanced integrative therapy and exhausting work, but over um, an hour session, being able to process trauma that I've been holding on to for 30 years, um, exhausting, but really freaking powerful. Um, And to kind of funnel in some of the key concepts of energy work into fixing the body as it appears instead of like healing the trauma, if you want to call that fixing. I mean, I don't, I may not use that word because I don't think I needed to be fixed, but I definitely wanted to work through some of my trauma and let my body work through it. But to translate into that meaning then your body will be smaller and that's a sign of healing. That's a sign that you have evolved or you have done your work on a very minimum is just false, but in a bigger kind of realm is so problematic that these types of trauma clinicians are basically further marginalizing um, higher weight folks and saying, you know, you're higher weight because you're holding on to trauma. And certainly folks experience body changes with trauma, but there's also folks who are in higher weight bodies who have don't have trauma, you know, they, and so um, they don't need to be fixed and um, they have nothing to work through. And so I think it's really important, um, especially if you listener are a clinician or an exercise person who talks about some of these trauma releasing exercises. Um, and if you have something that you know to be true to help with trauma, that's awesome. Like I want us to have all the different type of modalities to help folks with trauma, but oh my goodness, um, nothing makes me want to curse more than when folks try to then draw a straight line into fixing the trauma will make your body smaller, make your belly go away. I think the reason why I have a visceral reaction to it is I um, am thinking about like the systems of oppression and how that is really what contributes to inflammation. And um, I do think inflammation is this diet culture magnet And it also is something that's important to talk about, especially in my work with clients with PCOS. Inflammation and insulin are the two pillars that I know as a clinician I'm thinking about to help lower, to improve quality of life, to help symptom management. But none of us, nobody on this planet can predict how a person's body is going to change Maybe in the short term, there's going to be many people who will experience something, but certainly in long term, that doesn't exist. Like we have, without a doubt, been able to see that in research and over 20 plus years now working in this 
weight science kind of field, we cannot predict how a person's body can change. So I'm all for whatever kind of trauma work a person wants to do, including some stretches that I know I've seen on Instagram too, or not Instagram, but on TikTok rather. And if they help release trauma, that is so great. And I encourage you to continue to feed that pause, that gut reaction that is kind of speculating on whether there's a layer layer of bullshit. For those of you who do work in this area of trauma and helping people to release trauma, I encourage you to do the work on the truth of weight science, to get to know folks who are fat activists and really start to examine your own bias, your own privilege, and like stop <laughs> making this, uh, this straight line assumption that if you do the work, your body can be controlled. Because one thing I know to be true, the healing work is connecting with the understanding that we have never been able to control our bodies and be able to enjoy this life that our bodies have a, a set point that is going to change over time and that is not to be controlled. It's not an individual's duty to be smaller in order to be fixed. Um, so listener, I hope this answers your question. I so appreciate it. It is certainly a soapbox for me. And next time you see those those exercises that are talking about um, the belly and cortisol, inflammation, and doing some certain stretches to release it all. Do what I do. Ch- uh, click on the, the three dots on the right hand side, and it'll give you some options to like share it in many different ways. But it also has a broken heart in there, and you click on that, and it'll know. Stop sending me this BS. All right. So we are going to wrap up this episode of Find Your Food Voice. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening. And I will be back next week. I'm going to be taking a deep dive into the hot topic, GLP-1s. I know I have gotten so many emails, messages, random comments on my TikToks. Julie, what do you think about Ozempic, other GLP ones. So I'm going to take a deep dive in all the information that I've been gathering over the last few years about them, and I hope they help. So catch that next week. And in the meantime, you can also stay up to date on all things Find Your Food Voice book. Get to the details, join the community at julieduffydillon.com slash book. All right. I will see you here next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book fiend, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. 
Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at juliedeffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.